Today on Truths That Transform. It is our responsibility to do whatever good citizenship requires. Well, elections matter. Elections have consequences. And I think we certainly saw that in the 2020 presidential race. Uh, the, the numbers are out there uh, that clearly um, show Christians did not get out and vote. Welcome to Truths That Transform, a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries. I'm Pastor Rob Pacienza, and I want to invite you to connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search there for D. James Kennedy Ministries, and also visit us on the web at djkm.org for a wealth of programs, interviews, features, and resources. America is going to the polls this week. Our nation is at a crossroads, and the future is at risk. Are you ready to make your voice heard? On today's program, you'll find out what Jesus has to say about your vote. And we begin by exploring some of the key issues you need to be aware of as you cast your vote in this watershed national election. Here's a report from our own David Wright. As Americans head to the polls this week, what are some of the biggest issues motivating voters in the 2022 midterms? We have a crisis in this country when it comes to immigration because of our open borders. Today in this country, you have estimates of 10 to 12 million people are living here illegally. But many people actually believe that number is much closer to 20, 25 million. Well, for many years, I've been calling what's uh, happening at the border an invasion. Uh, over the past, wow, two or three decades now, we have seen tens of millions of people crossing into our country without our country's permission. Uh, back in the day, they used to call that a war. People used to literally fight over that. Part of the immigration crisis stems from radical leftist policies. When Joe Biden took office, he immediately suspended deportations, began implementing catch and release, and overturned President Trump's remain in Mexico policy. And we saw the numbers in, in 2021. You had over two million people who were apprehended by, by Customs and Border Protection. Over two million in one year, actually 11 months. Converse with the last year under President Trump, there were less than, than 600,000 people apprehended. And the over 2 million was those who were caught, not those who tried to gain entry. It's absurd. I, I have described this open borders approach, and, and I'm calling it open borders because you cannot accidentally stumble upon 2 million people in a year entering the country illegally. That is no accident. I believe it's intentional. It's hard for me to believe that uh, people in the press haven't pushed back hard against the Biden administration when they say the border is secure. I mean, Kamala Harris actually said that to Chuck Todd over the weekend. The border is secure. As millions of people have crossed that border illegally, um, it, it's hard to even understand why the mainstream press, who have become totally complicit in these lies, why they don't push back, why they don't stand up and say, that's not true. Those concerned with the crisis at the southern border note that many criminals are crossing into our country and often committing violent crimes. We have to have policies in our country that 
enforce the rule of law, and we, borders are important for a reason. When you start saying, we don't need law enforcement, we don't even need a wall, we don't need borders, guess what? We found out, yes, we do need a wall because not only are people coming here in this country for the best opportunities, there are individuals who are potential terrorists and drug cartels coming across the wall as well. We really have no idea how many people have actually crossed the border. I've heard numbers of as high as 30 to 40 million people. I think ultimately the reason the Democrats do not want to close the border is because they want to destabilize the country. Uh, they want to cause unrest in the streets. Crime has spiked across the board in America, with murder rates at the highest in decades. Looting and rioting has become commonplace, all while prosecutors are picking and choosing which laws to enforce, releasing dangerous criminals back onto the streets. Well, part of the progressive movement is to embrace socialism. And what better way to do that than to cause upheaval in the streets, chaos in the streets? And I think we're seeing this lawlessness in just about every major American city now. What they're not telling you is who ultimately is causing a lot of this chaos. And it is, in fact, people crossing the border illegally. Look at the drug crisis. The number of people in this country who have been killed by fentanyl. This is just really, uh, it's, it's an epidemic. Well, this is coming from across the border with all of these drug cartels and the drug mules smuggling those drugs into the United States. Uh, we, we've got to do something about it. A report by the Council on Criminal Justice found that in 2021, homicides increased by 44% over 2019, with some cities, such as Austin, Texas, seeing murder rates skyrocket by 86%. Human beings have an incredible capacity for evil. And the role of the state is to keep order, to punish crime, and to keep its citizens safe. That's the role of the state. Our nation was founded on one principle called the rule of law. And that is that all of us have to have some order. We need to wake up as a community and recognize the manipulation and the deception that is happening in our community by the progressives. You're seeing more and more crime not being pursued or, or, and investigated, people being arrested because of DAs and because of the, you know, uh, the, the, the pressure being put on police uh, with prosecutions and things like that. So, I mean, there are consequences to all this, and the consequence is people are left safe. And, uh, and, and people who are guilty are, are taking control of our streets. One of the biggest impositions on freedom that I can think about. If you're free to go out of your house, you can say you're free. But if you can't leave your home, you're not very free. You're talking about defunding the police. Like everyone knows that's crazy talk, but suddenly you're told, no, 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 there's a new reality. Um, it is because people have turned away from God. Many voters are concerned about their children's safety, with gender ideologues pushing radical sex education and gender studies curricula on students of all ages, public education has become a major battleground. We are on the forefront of a war because this trans movement is now an assault on the youngest of children uh, at elementary school level. Children are facing many dangers in public schools today. Um, there are ideologies that are completely antithetical to a Christian worldview. Um, you have gender ideology, you have dangerous ideas about 
um, school discipline, queer theory. Um, there are so many things that are facing our children that really um, parents need to be aware that the education their children are getting is not the same as the education they got when they were in public school, perhaps in the very same building that their children are going into today. This is happening uh, all over the place. This is happening in a public school near you, unfortunately. This transgender ideology is really being pushed at every single level, uh, and especially the, the public schools. We're seeing uh, kindergarten classes uh, teaching gender ideology and sexual orientation, uh, being told that you can have two mommies or two daddies. From a Christian perspective, this is massively problematic. This goes against a biblical worldview. Uh, this goes against a biblical anthropology. The LGBT caucuses and political movements are so ingrained in the school systems from university all the way down to preschool and elementaries now that they will, they've created massive educational programs being pushed, by the way, by the Biden administration currently and minions below to teach children with publications and illustrated examples of the most personal things about sex, sex acts like masturbation. They're beginning to teach five-year-olds now in the school systems. The radical left seemingly thinks that parents should not have a say in their children's education, throwing parental rights out the window. And I truly believe that they are our children. They are the children of our country, of our communities. Parental rights are definitely under assault in schools today. Uh, parents um, hear a lot maybe from their school about them being partners in school, but as a favorite group of mine likes to say, we don't co-parent with the government, right? The children are ours. Uh, they, they are d given to us by God. There's a, a sharp divide between the political class in this country, some who want to shut parents out entirely, they support the teachers union, they support the administrators, and they would prefer that they are the ones that, that nurture and groom their kids in a way that they see fit. And I think that parents are reacting to that. You're seeing an increased uh, number of parents running for school boards. You're seeing school boards uh, in some cases uh, taking you know, action where they, they want to keep the parents out. America is at a tipping point, and it is vital for Christians to let their voices be heard at the polls. Elections matter. Elections have consequences. And I think we certainly saw that in the 2020 presidential race. Uh, the, the numbers are out there uh, that clearly um, show Christians did not get out and vote. And if, if everybody who identifies as a Christian in America goes out to vote, then you're going to be able to make a, a true impact here. I always go to Jesus' second great commandment. You know, the first great commandment is we should love the Lord your God with all our heart, soul, and mind. And the second is like it. You love your neighbor as yourself. Now, how can Christians say that we truly love our neighbor in a consistent, holistic way if we are not engaging in these areas that affect our basic rights and our basic liberties? And so that's why I think every Christian has an obligation to vote, but not just an obligation to vote. We have an obligation to vote informed. If they want to hang on to any semblance of uh, righteousness in the country, they better vote. Because if they don't, they've basically surrendered their country to people who hate God, who hate the scripture, who hate the creation of God, and want to supplant it with uh, both environmentalism and government as the two-headed God to run this country. 
When it comes time to vote, do you know how the party platforms compare to God's Word? Our free, downloadable comparison chart of the major party platforms and God's Word is available at djkm.org forward slash platforms compared. This chart topically shows where the Republican and Democrat parties fall on issues of Christian concern such as human life, marriage, religious liberty, border security, and much more. Download your comparison of the parties on key moral issues right away for free at djkm.org forward slash platforms compared. It has become commonplace for many Christians and even pastors to claim that politics has no place in Christianity and vice versa. But there's just one problem with that common sentiment. It's not true. My pastor and mentor, Dr. D. James Kennedy, boldly encouraged Christians to be involved in the political process because Christ is Lord of all. Here's an important excerpt from his classic message, The Bible and Politics. The Bible and politics. Probably never in my lifetime and not in yours has there been such a controversy and furor of concern about the relationship of religion and politics. Hardly a week has gone by for the past year when we haven't heard something about it in the media. And I believe that the cause of all of this controversy has been that in the last decade or two in particular, the government in this country has been expanding the parameters of its interest and concern until now it has included within the borders of its own legislative and judicial enactments matters that at one time for hundreds of years in fact were considered to be merely in the realm of morality or spirituality. And an attempt is being made concurrently with that expansion of government control to silence the religious protest. Well, why this governmental attack on religion, most particularly upon the Christian religion? Many people don't realize that in recent decades, the last 50 years, there has been the growth of a new religion in America a religion which declares that it is the religion of the future and that it is going to replace all other religions in the world. It is a religion which is very intolerant of the expression, especially in the public sphere, of any other religious view. I speak, of course, of the religion of secular humanism, which, of course, is indeed a religion and declares itself to be such nine times in the Humanist Manifesto of 1933. And this religion of secular humanism, where man replaces God and man's own ideas become his ethics and morality, this religion which completely denies that there is any God who can save us, that we indeed must save ourselves, 
that there is any God who can mandate any moral standards for mankind, that we will create our own as we go. This religion has indeed declared a full-scale war on Christianity in America. And of course, these humanists have their own ethical agenda, an ethical agenda that seems to wrap itself around immorality and death, where what used to be called the old immorality is now called the new morality. Free divorce, gambling, pornography, homosexuality, free sex between consenting individuals of any age, and a love tryst with death. Well, what does the Bible say about our responsibility as citizens in this country and about government? Of course, Jesus Christ declared that we were to render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's and unto God the things that are God's. Therefore, it is our responsibility to do whatever good citizenship requires. It is always true that legislation is built upon morality and morality is built upon religion. There is no escape from that fact. Now what is happening today is that the secularist and the humanist are trying to push Christianity off of the field and replace it with the religion of secular humanism which gives way to its agenda of death and immorality, and then they want to have that so-called new morality enacted into legislation, and they have succeeded in doing it about 50% of the time. But let us not be deceived into supposing that that is not an enactment or an imposition of morality. But that is a far cry from the views of the founding fathers of this country. It was from the pulpits of New England that there thundered forth the great proclamations concerning liberty and freedom and the sovereignty of God and the nature of man which led to the foundation of our Constitution and the American Revolution. Historians agree in that fact, and that still remains our job. And I would say to you this, it is a sin not to vote. Jesus Christ said this, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's. That means that we are to render unto the state whatever it is our proper responsibility as citizens of that state to render. And certainly in this nation that includes at the very minimum the fact that we should get out and vote. And we should do a lot more. Now, what is a sin? A sin is any failure to obey a commandment given by God. That is what a sin is. A sin isn't whatever we would like to think it is. It is a disobedience of the commands of God. And God the Son said, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. If you don't do it, that, my friend, is a sin. Unfortunately, Christians by default have inherited a glorious patrimony, and they have allowed it to sift through their fingers like sand. Until now, we find ourselves in a great struggle even to maintain 
and to hold on to the glorious inheritance that we have in this country. And I hope the day will come when Christians will look upon apathy and indifference concerning their responsibilities as Christian citizens of this great nation as a base and iniquitous thing. And they would be ashamed to admit that they had failed to live up to their duty. And of course, we must continue to fulfill the great commission of Jesus Christ to take the gospel to every creature that we must be not only the salt of the earth exercising its privileges in the kingdom of Caesar to prevent the nation from corrupting altogether, but we must be the light of the world to bring the light of the gospel and eternal life to men who are perishing in darkness and ignorance. We must do that. Now, there are some who would accuse us of trying to Christianize America. Am I trying to Christianize America? You bet your boots I am. What was the last commandment that Jesus Christ gave to the church? Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. That, my friends, is our high and glorious calling. By the grace of God, may we do it. Hi, I'm Jennifer Kennedy Cassidy. The words you just heard my dad say may seem shocking to many, but if so, it's only because they know nothing about the story of our nation or the calling God has given us in Jesus Christ. The Roman authorities did not nail Jesus to a cross because he was telling people how their spirits could go to a non-material heaven. They executed him because he insisted on making the shocking statement that he is the Lord. And his followers placed his authority above Caesar's. Many Christians today have lost sight of the full lordship of Jesus Christ, which has caused the church to become ineffective and weak. That's why Pastor Rob Pacienza has written the brand new book, The Hope of the World, Christian Cultural Engagement in a Secular Age. It's a powerful guide for living God's truth and taking a stand for faith in your God-given sphere of influence. And we want to send it to you as our thanks for your generous donation. Rob pastors the Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church, which my dad founded. And in this book, he will show you how to understand the obstacles the gospel faces today and how to be salt and light wherever you are by applying the truth. You'll also be encouraged by true examples for living out your Christian faith in every part of life. Dr. Albert Moeller calls this book a timely and truthful call to the church. And if you're able to give a generous donation of $50 or more, we'll send you the book, The Hope of the World, plus a DVD set, Christian Citizenship for Today. These DVDs contain four messages, two from my father, Dr. D. James Kennedy, and two from Rob Pacienza, his successor at Coral Ridge. My father and Pastor Rob after him have recognized that the Great Commission calls us to not only get people saved, but to teach them everything that Jesus has commanded. 
We are to love our neighbor and to be salt and light, which means bringing biblical truth to bear on everything. Find out how your faith can be effective and transformative in an unbelieving nation in this four-message DVD set, Christian Citizenship for Today. That's the newly published book, The Hope of the World, Christian Cultural Engagement in a Secular Age by Rob Pacienza as thanks for your generous donation. And the book plus the DVD set, Christian Citizenship for Today, featuring two messages each from Rob and from my dad, D. James Kennedy, as thanks for your donation of $50 or more. We are days away from a major national election and this ministry's voice proclaiming biblical truth on hot cultural issues, as well as broadcasting the saving gospel of Jesus Christ has never been more important. So please stand alongside us and join us through your prayers and support. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11154, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339, or call toll free, 877-962-7677 or go online to djkm.org. The most recent monster raised by the legacy media is so-called Christian nationalism. It's never very well defined, but at the end of the day, the media and the left use this specter to marginalize Christians and make sure they stay out of the political process. And unfortunately, Many otherwise Bible-believing Christians have a truncated view of what we're called to do in this world, and so they comply. Abraham Kuyper, 19th century theologian and Dutch prime minister, faced the rapid rise of secularism in his own nation. He reminded Dutch Christians that God saves a person for the express purpose of being an agent of the kingdom of Jesus Christ, wherever they are called by God to serve. Kuiper famously noted that there is not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, mine. This is vitally important in our own world, and it's deeply important to me personally. You see, in 2017, my wife and I tragically lost our three-year-old daughter, Lily. One night after dinner, the week before she entered the presence of her Heavenly Father, our son Preston was teaching her some of the hymns his class was learning at school. There was one hymn that she really seemed to enjoy, This Is My Father's World. However, Lily would only sing the opening line throughout the entire song. She simply repeated the phrase, This Is My Father's World. This is a beautiful memory for our family, but it can also serve as a profound reminder for the church this is my father's world should be the anthem of God's people in our secular age. This truth is our hope regardless of the cultural moment. Our culture is broken and desperate for the good news of Jesus Christ. People long to know the unknown God, to have wrongs made right, and to see the broken made whole. We are called to advance God's mission of restoration and redemption this world, every square inch of it, belongs to our Father. In the midst of the present darkness, therefore, we must shine the light of truth into the dark corners of our world. We must do so through our words and our deeds, and we must do so in every sphere of culture, not only from the church pulpit, but also in the workplace, the community, and the voting booth. Let us never forget 
that though the wrong seems off so strong, God is the ruler yet. I'm Pastor Rob Pacienza, and I invite you to join us in person at Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church in Fort Lauderdale or anytime by live stream at crpc.tv. There you can also find past live streams as well as a wealth of biblical teaching. Thank you for being with us. And here's a look at the next Truths That Transform. The Puritans cared very much about civil liberties and, of course, were very righteous in their understanding of uh, God's design of the world. That's next week. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.